Hey guys, really excited for this one today. Been exploring human formation and really what we did was you look back and we saw 20 different lessons, life lessons that weren't necessarily theological lessons, but really changed the way that we lived our lives yes. as human beings and and in this spirit of just growing in our understanding of the human person and living out uh, really our call to be human formators here at Metanoia Catholic. We're excited to share these 10 in this first episode, the first mm-hmm. 10 of 20 that will continue on in next week's podcast. Yeah, so stick around. All right. Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I am Aaron. We are the Ingolds, the founders of Metanoia Catholic, where we aim to make mindset coaching authentically Catholic and practical. We just love to take all of these tools and techniques and share them with you on this podcast. We also train and coach other Catholic coaches. Come on into the podcast. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit or continue the conversation on human formation, those four different types of formations. And that may sound dry to you. It is not. Trust me, folks. It is not. Uh, this is really what Archbishop Fulton Sheen would talk about is like the new horizon for evangelization. John Paul II dedicated the beginning of his pontificate to the theology of the body, which is really understanding what it means to be human. And uh, really giving some guidelines on how we can start to live in a way that's operative and in line with God's design for human thriving. So I find this stuff very fascinating. If you're a coach, like tune into this because that's yeah. what our business is as, as coaches, helping people to thrive where they are, become who they are, as John Paul II would say. Yeah, using that blueprint. Yes. To help people thrive, right? Yes. Like if you're going to help a machine work well, you need a, a blueprint. You need some type of manual to mm-hmm. see, okay, this is the best way for this thing to work. Yeah. 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 And so, we we have manuals too. The Lord created us with a design. Yes. And not only does that design like come with kind of an understanding of just like how we, how we live and how we operate, but also gives us an idea of what our ultimate end is as mm-hmm. well, which is what John Paul II unpacks so well so when we enter into that catholic anthropology that's what we're looking at what is god's design for the human person and then based on that how do we live our lives in a way that brings about true happiness true beatitude it's a true life hack yeah like it's like you know it totally like i like helps you avoid aimlessness and purposeless purpose Purposelessness. Purposelessness, which is a big problem today. There is a real crisis of purpose and crisis of meaning. There's increasing depression levels, increasing anxiety levels. And these really fall in in addiction levels. These really fall in line with with Viktor Frankl's neurotic triad, Mm -hmm. uh, where he would talk about people that were struggling with just a lack of purpose, a lack of meaning. They're going to default to being angry or depressed or prone to addiction. And so... The world that we live in, yes. but that is not there to for us to despair. God gives the church what it needs when she needs it. And so we see with these beautiful revelations of St. John Paul II and, and Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who is on his way, mm-hmm. right, uh, that the time is now for human formation, really understanding, starting not at the spiritual, starting at the human, going inner, contemplating yes. that imago dei, who we are created in the image and likeness of God. And in doing so, not just ending in the ego and ending at navel gazing, but coming to understand who God is and why we want to be in relationship with him in the first place. Yeah. 
There's a great um, interview we listened to. Mm-hmm. Dr. Peter, I'm going to say his last name. Malinowski. Malinowski. I'll help you. Dr. Yes. Peter Malinowski. Um, great interview. Um, and we are going... It was on the Fulton Sheen Institute, uh, Institute yes. podcast, yes. which just discovered that late to the game. That looks awesome, yeah. by the way. So Check it out. We're going to link link it below here. We will. So you guys can go listen to it because he, he does give a working definition of human formation, which I thought was super helpful because you really can't find an actual definition of it. Yeah, he's poured through the res- the uh, the resources, and yeah. we we've been doing it ourselves. Pastoris Dabovobis has some mention in it from John Paul II back in 1992, and then there's there's the um, is it the the for priestly formation? I can't remember the, what the book is, but there's a new yeah. edition that's coming out. We may or may not have gotten a sneak peek at that, but there is a discussion of what human formation is but still it's like we're kind of we're in a bit of a discovery phase it seems right now as a church Mm -hmm. but we're standing on really that catholic anthropology that john paul ii has unpacked for so well Mm -hmm. which he stands on the shoulders of gosh uh, saint thomas aquinas and saint augustine uh so we're seeing this beautiful flowering uh that continues to happen as we uh just come to understand just the ever unfolding mystery of, of of creation it's beautiful. So really what we're going to talk about today is areas of human formation um, that Matt and I have gone through the last 20 years. Like 20 things I wish I could have told my 20-year-old self. Yes. Because I am 40 this year. So that's 20 years ago. That blows my mind. And you're more beautiful today, babe, than you well, were thank when you. we first got married. Um, and so Wink. we're going to say 20... 20 things we wish we could tell our 20-year-old self. Yes. I got 10. Aaron's got 10. Yes. She might even have some bonus ones in there. But And yeah. here's what, like we're talking about human formation. We're talking about all the different types of formation. And here's one thing we want you guys to walk away with from today. Everything that we're going to share with you are aspects of human formation. On a very practical yes. kind of level. Yes. Some lessons and mm-hmm. some skills mm-hmm. that we wish we would have had back then. Right. Um, that, right, we really would, because because we weren't lacking in spiritual or intellectual formation. Like, I was at Steubenville, I was like, mm-hmm. probably being taught by one of the, like, all of the greatest minds, right? The theological minds. Some and I would there. say yeah. in the country at, at that time, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, that was really... It, the theological intellectual mm-hmm. but the stuff like we're, peak. <laughs> yeah but the stuff that we're sharing here on the human formation side it, it wasn't like we went to a school or we had some, we sat down at somebody's feet and they were able to unpack a lot of these lessons together which is really what we're seeking to do through the metanoia catholic academy yeah in our catholic coaching foundations course is really to have a place where we can really have some consolidated human formation programs that are there developing some skills that really equip you to Mm -hmm. enter deeper into the spiritual formation aspects of it. I'm going through my spiritual direction certification over at Divine Mercy University, which is really about how do you accompany somebody really in their spiritual journey, in their journey in their relationship with Jesus. I can tell you this, I find myself kind of ping-ponging back and forth with spiritual direction calls with doing some human formation where it's lacking here, not so that we end there, but ultimately so that it opens, it creates a space for really 
the person to move forward in freedom into yes. that deeper relationship with Jesus. But and if so you they complement one another very well. If you well. weren't able to work in the human formation realm, what would happen? I mean, like there's a tendency, I think, to over spiritualize mm -hmm. things and kind of take a more, more of an angelic approach to the person rather than a real human approach to the person, which I think Javine Mercy University is, is actually doing very well. It's a, it used to be the Institute of Psychological Sciences. Yeah. So you can, they really have a strong kind of psychological basis here. We've got mm -hmm. the meta model. Catholic mm -hmm. Meta Model of the Human Person book on the shelf up there, which which uh, is drawing from all of those philosophy, psychology, uh, uh, theology backgrounds to mm -hmm. really get a firm understanding, a Catholic understanding of who the human person is. Because we have to start there. Have to. Yeah. You have to. And this is why I wish we had these skills. Indeed. I think I would have been able to absorb the information, the intellectual, the spiritual formation, the apostolic formation even more if I actually had these skills so so we feel like we've discovered something here and we've got something to share but we know that we're not the only ones that are out there no uh that are discovering this but this is this is the next wave of evangelization folks it's in the realm of human formation and face to face it it's human to human right mm-hmm so even as like this is not necessarily fully human to human right because i wish i could see kind of responses and be able to understand who i'm talking to with this and so please comment below like subscribe here too because uh, we're going to continue to talk about this and we really want to be a, a a platform that really mm -hmm. that shares what's going on more about this movement of human formation but let's get into two what you're going to say that, yeah two things i want to say um the quote um, by St. Uh, Mother Teresa. And she was like, sometimes you're the only Bible somebody reads. Like if we're talking about even evangelization, like that is true. Like sometimes the only person who is going to get in the way of you passing on this truth, this mm -hmm. knowledge, this theological formation to somebody else could be you and this lack of human formation. Mm -hmm. And if you jump right to spiritual. Yeah. You might forget that there's a human and not an angel yes. standing in front of you. And and I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's another one by G.K. Chesterton where they talk about, um, what is it, like the biggest problem to the Catholic Church are Catholics or something? Yeah. The biggest problem yeah. to the growth of the Catholic Church are I Catholics? I know, Peter Kreef, I think, pulls that one out of yes. his pocket now. Yes, me. it's true. So we need to like know how to communicate and be kind and actually own our own things. Okay, so here we go. Let's ping pong back and forth. All right. You want to go first? Um, uh, yes. And I'm going to base this one off of, it was um, theological. So it was intellectual formation. I remember learning this. It was like, okay, so the human soul is made up of our intellect and our will. So is that your first tidbit? I'm, I'm okay. going to add to it. All right. All right. The human soul is made up of our intellect and our will. Our intellect is what we think like our thoughts, right? And then our will is what we choose. And the goal of the intellect is to know truth, objective truth, to know universal truth. And the goal of the will is to choose the good, choose the greatest good. The one thing that I learned in human formation, I would say, is it's not only um, like a nice thought that we have an intellect in a well, but they are spiritual powers of the soul. And I always think of Uncle Ben <laughs> from um, uh, Spider-Man. Spider it's like with great power comes great responsibility. So it's not even just like 
no, you just have these powers and the Lord just like uses you as a puppet, right? Like, and gives you grace and you just dance around and like to like think good things and Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. good things. You have to cooperate with him. And this is a great responsibility. Great responsibility. In fact, it's a much higher responsibility, I think, for Catholics. So what is your first tip? Is that your first tip? Give me a number one. My number one is this is a great responsibility. These spiritual powers of our soul is are not something that we just passively receive. Mm-hmm. We need to cooperate with God on them. Custodians of them. I love it. Yes. I love it. So Stewards. we are custodians, custodians, Estonians, custodians of the spiritual powers of the soul. That's number one. Number two, my turn. Yes. All right. All right. Not that giving is better than receiving, but becoming a gift begins with receiving. Mm. Okay, not that giving is better than receiving, which kind of always you hear around Christmas time. All right, I think there's truth in that. But more so what's profound to me is that becoming a gift, that resonates with me so much more, is, is starts with receiving. Mm. I remember sitting down uh, and my first time going to the Theology of the Body Institute in the Immersion Course, and I was just like, I was on fire for TOB. It had really been a watershed moment for me in my own personal prayer life where I had kind of... Uh, it started to own my Catholic faith when I was a sophomore in college. And, and so here I was, you know, right after my first combat deployment and I'm at Theology of the Body Institute and, uh, I'm raring to go because I just want to learn how to share this gift, share this truth with so many other people. And I remember Christopher West saying the first thing you may want to scribble down your notes like crazy. So, and approach this as if. I can't wait to scatter the seed that I'm collecting, but wait for that seed to germinate. Let it land. I invite you into a Marian posture before you go Petrine, right? Marian, let it be done according to his will versus going Petrine, spread the gospel, proclaim it to all the nations. And so that really became a model for me. Mm. And it goes along with that. You can't give what you don't have, Mm -hmm. but for some reason it just landed differently with me that when I'm in that mode of learning to be very present and be very conscious of when I am just taking in information mm-hmm. on an intellectual level versus meditating on it, contemplating yeah. it, letting it germinate in my heart, let it become a tree that brings forth fruit uh, 10, 30, 100 fold, right? Then I have infinite amounts of seed to give to somebody versus somebody just hands me a pile of seeds. I say, these seeds are very valuable and (laughs) chuck them into the Mm. soil, but then I'm left with nothing, right? Because it's it's never actually taken root in me. Makes me think of that saying, you don't know until you are. Mm. You know, so often we go, (laughs) we go, I know, I know, I know, I know this stuff. I know this intellectually. It's like, well, has it changed you? Until you've actually changed, you don't know, actually. You Mm. don't fully know. Because knowledge in the intellect is supposed to lead to your behaviors. It's supposed to lead to your choices Mm -hmm. and what you're choosing. And so, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to change you. Okay. Number three. You got it, Aaron. Um, Thoughts are distinct from facts, no matter how true they feel. No matter how many universal words you use <laughs> like this always happens and never and oh, literally and so and it's so very true but it's not 
It makes me think of um, that, <laughs> that, um, what's the scene from, I always laugh at this and I always think of it, Inside Out, that movie, the Pixar movie, and it's the, like the little, what? who's the... Which color are they? What color? No, are they? it's it's her like her her friend her her little like the the guy with the nose. Oh, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Yes, they're <laughs> on the train. This is, this whole movie is like they're inside a girl little girl's mind, and they're on a train, and like they knock over something, and it's like facts and opinions, and he they just both put them back together. He's like, that's okay. We get them mixed up all the time anyway. And I'm like, okay, it was a very long setup for this. But that good. is true. We get these things mixed up all of the time. And so like to just pause and critically think um, and to say, is that true? Is it a universal truth? Um, one of my favorite questions to ask, and I know I've given this to you guys a lot before, but is that true 100% of the time? Now what I do is I pause, especially when I feel something is very, very true. Mm. Um. It's a little hard to pause in the moment, but it's also really helpful just to journal on it later. She's gotten a lot better at Yeah. And just to say like is I that pause too. is that a hundred percent true all of the time? Like is like are there no holes in it? Um so yeah, yeah. that's my I've actually learned to pause and create space for your pause. Good. Good. Everybody man. wins. All Everybody right, your wins. Turn. Number four. Okay. This was massive for me in terms of moving past uh, all kinds of self-shame and self-loathing uh, that was hidden below the surface. My desires at their core are good, are good. Mm-hmm. My desires at their core are good. And this is, again, this was, this was the main metanoia moment for me when I first heard the theology of the body, because I had gotten to a place particularly with my struggles with pornography and chastity, sins against chastity, that um, I started to see my desires, specifically my sexual desires, as shameful and corrupt at their core. Mm. And so what? how did this manifest in me? It manifested in very self-righteous opinions towards other people, very legalistic approaches to chastity. But also when I was praying, it my prayer was, Lord, take my sexual desires away from me because all they do is get me into trouble. Not knowing that when these desires, like all desires, when they're brought to the divine physician, the divine redeemer, to be redeemed, to be divinized, to be reoriented towards that which, that which will truly satisfy, mm-hmm. suddenly that desire is no longer something you will ever ask God to take away from you, but rather just perfect it and purify it because, boom, it becomes your very fuel for sanctity. Yeah. Oof. Love it. So your desires at their core are good, right? And I will take that. I, I, I would say pro- prove me wrong. Right? Can we desire things that are objectively evil? Right? Say, for example, can we desire so fornication? There's like no confusion. Okay. Right. Can we desire uh, pornography? Right? Can we desire overindulgence in alcohol? We can, but when we really look to what we're seeking through that immoral object, mm-hmm. right, we'll find that there is a pure intention somewhere in there, something that we're seeking. Maybe it's rest. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's uh, it's delight or joy or pleasure, but we're just, we're going about it in a very disordered way that will never lead to the end that we're seeking. 
Have welcome to the life of sin. Welcome yeah. to the life of sin. Welcome to the life of, of our our fallenness and what concupiscence has done, mm-hmm. cladding our intellect and distorting our will and, and inclining us towards sin. Excuse me. So that was my big one. My desires at their core are good. Yeah. Much more merciful uh, towards myself. Much more merciful towards other people. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good one. And a lot of people need to hear that. Praise the Lord. Um, what number are we on? Five? Uh, we're on five. Go for it, babe. Okay, I'm going to blend these two because I have two like right after one mm-hmm. another. But um, that beliefs are optional. Ah. I've said thoughts are optional. But there's a lot of unconscious thoughts that kind of come like just throughout our mind. And I want to actually distinguish this. A belief is a thought you keep on thinking. It's a thought that you are continuing to will, right? That's a thought. But it's a thought that we're continuing to will. So that is what a belief is. (laughs) There are a lot of beliefs that we want to hang on to. And then there's a lot that we don't want to hang on to. And a lot of those ones that we don't want to hang on to are lies that the enemy... Now, the enemy knows that the mind is the spiritual battle. And he cannot just go, here, <laughs> like, believe this. Like, it's like and ah, push it no, into suddenly I believe it against my will. Yes, no. You need to consent to the lies that he has presented to you. Mm. You have to consent to it. Mm-hmm. And in the same again thing... Again and again and again. You have to consent to a belief. So from the same, from that same principle, beliefs are also optional. Mm-hmm. You can choose to stop believing them. Now, that doesn't mean you wake up, you go to bed and go, I'm just going to stop believing this. And then tomorrow you wake up and it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, there is certainly a process. And so I think, and that's what we teach. Actually, well, that is what we teach. Yeah. And that's, that's also like, it's a process that's in line with God's design. And this is where Fulton Sheen says, we got to lean really on the psychological sciences and what they're understanding in terms of how we move from these beliefs and why they're so sticky and why, and why that's a good thing, right? By God's design. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it this way. When, when somebody achieves the unitive way in the spiritual journey, a purgative, illuminative, unitive way, it, it, it is understood that it's nearly impossible for a person to commit a mortal sin once they're in that unitive way. Mm. Why? Because their body, their mind, their brain, the synapses in their in their body, the chemicals in their body are so habituated towards God mm. that to it, it would be like like you're you're just it'd be like turning a, a plane that's going Mach ten on to go the opposite direction, right on a dime. That's that's what we're talking about here. And so when we've been habituated on uh, our belief patterns in a certain way, right, it can, mm-hmm. it can certainly go in a vicious way as well, which, you know, devoid of God's grace, we have no hope, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, to turn away from these things. But um, we, we recognize that we're, through the enlightenment that we're seeing with the psychological sciences that, yeah, there is a real neurological transformation that takes some time and takes some continued effort to start to reform your mind, reorient your mind towards away from a vicious belief towards something that is more virtuous. And this doesn't mean anything about our lack of, of 
uh, it, it's nothing, there's nothing shameful in it, I guess is, is what I say. Yeah. It's actually part of the process. And when people can understand, and it's like, God oh, for that. it's yeah. taking me a while to kind of get past right. the sticky relief. It's just like, no, I've got a lot of synaptic connections that need pruning in but, my head. And I want to add it. to that too. It's like, not only are beliefs like we have to consent to them, but there is, there are practical ways to let go of beliefs. I didn't know that. I don't think mo most Catholics don't know that. Mm -hmm. I think like they're like, but how do I do this? Like, give me the how. Yeah. And this is what we teach, actually. Like, I am going to plug our academy because this is what we teach deliberately. Mm -hmm. How to start to change these belief patterns. It's a process. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And tell you what, folks, of course it's a process. Of course there's an ordered way to change your beliefs. God's design for the human person is very ordered. God is ordered, yes. right? We just have to take a look and, and start to understand what God is showing us. All right, number six. All right. Your turn. This kind of builds on what we were just talking about. I, I wish that someone would have asked me, and mom, you're probably listening right now, okay? <laughs> so you, you said this in certain ways. So I'll give, I'll give you a plug for this. But for some, for some reason, the, the asking the question this way is a little bit different. Some, I wish someone would ask me, um, do you want the memory of this show, this movie, this song, uh, coming up in your prayer for the rest of your life. Mm. Okay, and what I'm getting at here, you know, mom, mom used to always say, hey, Matt, garbage in, garbage out, okay? And I would hear that and it'd be like, okay, I can kind of see how that works. But I really didn't know down to the very neurological level what was actually taking place in my brain. And we're starting to see this, and certainly when it comes to pornographic images, where yeah. there's the release of those hormones that are associated with that image that you're taking in through your senses that burns this yes. memory, this image into your head, uh, into your brain that, that is just very vivid. Mm -hmm. And suddenly now it's just like, man, like how often do I have some of these images coming back to me during my time of prayer where I am, I want nothing but just to be able to focus on the, you know, Philippians 4, 8, like yeah. whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, like think on these things. But I, I, didn't, under, I didn't fully understand the consequences mm. because I didn't fully understand my, my anthropology, how God designed my mind to burn these images mm. into my brain. And the beautiful part of it is when I expose myself to beautiful images, things that are truly holy, things mm -hmm. that are um, like great artwork and great movies and literature and things like that, that those also get burned into my mind. And when they show up in prayer, it does nothing but glorify God all the more. Mm. I, I, that's a lesson I, I wish I would have, I, I, I wish I would have understood that. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't just start off at garbage in, garbage out, but it was like, no, on a really practical level, this this these are the consequences of saying yes yeah. to indulging here. It makes me think of one of our classes in our Catholic Coaching Foundations. We talk about all the faculties of the mind and how they interact with one another um, and really how powerful the imagination is and, and how the imagination and the memory are so in, in, intimately entwined yeah. with one another and also how they lead to our emotions. And so, yeah. That just reminds me of one of those. Yeah, things. I remember reading, uh, I was Dr. Kurt Thompson's The uh, Anatomy of the Soul, and he talks about how important it is for people to understand, like, 
physiological, neurologically, what is actually happening inside of our body. Something about that just, just makes it, I don't know, I, I just find such comfort in knowing that like mm. where I might feel tempted to go down, I think it's like where I feel tempted to go down the shame path, path or like I shouldn't be doing this. It's like, no, this is just, this is just who I am. This is just part of being human. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. do you got? Number seven, Aaron. Well, it actually goes off of what you what you just said, but it's like that our thoughts, like what's in our imagination, what's in our, our memory, mm-hmm. what's in our cogitative power, like it all leads to our emotions. Yeah. And if we can manage our minds, we can also manage our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really helpful for me, actually. Yeah. And in fact, in our catechism, I'm going to read off my notes here. It says this. Our emotions are natural components of the human psyche. So we feel it naturally in our body because we are Mm -hmm. body soul composite, right? This is, we feel our emotions in our body coming from, they are the natural components of the human psyche. What's going on up here? So Mm -hmm. like we're thinking something and therefore we are feeling it. Mm -hmm. Angels don't have emotions. Yes, and they form they, bodies. they form the passageway and ensure the connection between the life of the senses, a body, and the life of the mind. Mm. So they are like that theology of the body. Really, it's like you're taking this, what's going on in the mind, which can be opened up to grace or not, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. where we receive grace and we can experience it in our body. Yes, the vi- invisible made visible in and through our bodies, yes. right? The spirit and the divine. Now you're number seven. Was that your number seven? Yes. That was your number seven. Yes. Okay. My number eight. Okay. Clifton Strengths. All right. Here's my plug. Guys, I, I just, so Clifton Strengths is, it's a social science tool. I, I wish I would have taken this immediately um, before, uh, after high school. I think, mm-hmm. I think anybody that's, that's graduating high school should get this, uh, get their full 34 report. If you don't know what Clifton Strengths is, it's a, it's a sexual, secular social science tool. It's not a sexual so, social science. It's not sexual. No, no, it is not. <laughs> it's but secular, it's, though. It, it's, it's a social science tool. You take 177 questions, and uh, it spits out the results of where you stand in terms of these 34 signature themes or talents, area of talents that you have. And uh, once you start to understand your area of talent where you have these natural abilities where you're inclined to think, feel, and act a certain way that can be applied productively, you can start to intentionally invest skills and learning into these things, knowledge into these things, so they can be grown into a strength and be a place of real contribution. What I love about this is everybody's got different areas of talent and strength. And when we can live in our areas of talent rather than just solely focusing on our weaknesses, and and Mm -hmm. don't think that I'm saying don't eradicate sin or vice those are kind of weaknesses and yes that's a universal call to holiness everybody is called to get rid of those things but i'm saying if you're not like a public speaker and you don't have talents that way don't choose a path that is going to demand that talent of you because it's arguably it's not your place god equips those people to uh to do the requirements of their vocation their personal vocation which is one of my tips i'll get into in a little bit um and so learning these things, I think, my areas of talent has started to guide some of my decisions mm. in how I choose to invest my time and my energy and my money and my resources in, in my life so that I can, my life can really be a gift. I can maximize the gift potential of my life. And man cannot know himself except through the sincere gift of self, which we're reading Gaudium et Spes. And we're constantly referring back to that. So I say Clifton Strengths, 
that assessment, uh, getting your full 34, I, I wish I would have gotten that when I was 18 years old. Yeah. And yeah. have somebody that actually can walk me through it as well. well That's another thing we're doing in our academy now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Every and single week we have a, we have a strengths call. Catholic strengths call. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at it through the lens of the church. Right. And it, it just makes me think of um, St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, grace builds upon nature. So like, you know, the Lord's grace for you is not going to be built upon your natural weaknesses. No. Probably, right? It's going to build even more. Right, exactly. I mean, he comes into our poverty for sure. But still, it's like he's not going to build upon it. It's well, not yeah. probably a steady foundation. No, those <laughs> those areas it. of weakness have become invitations to partner and enter into a deeper relationship with others that where it's areas of strength for them in the body of Christ. We've been building our Metanoia Catholic team from this whole concept. Yes. And it's amazing what what we've been able to accomplish uh, by, by God's grace here, but just people living in their areas of talent. It's so exciting. There's such freedom that's there. Mm. So I don't have to be good in an area where I'm weak anymore. Somebody else can fill that gap. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, my number nine. Yeah. All right. And we're going to be quick too from mm -hmm. this point on. A lot of mine have to do with emotions. I had a lot of misconceptions conceptions about my emotions i had a lot of shame i didn't know that emotions were morally neutral mm. um discovered that and that's actually also in our catechism if you want to check it out uh catechism number let's say 1767 mm -hmm. it says in themselves passions or emotions are neither good nor evil they are morally qualified to the extent that they effectively engage reason and will. Mm. There took, it is again. Took a lot of the judgment away. Yeah. No. And emotions. you know what? That was really helpful to me because um, I, I was very ashamed of my emotions, which I, I think kind of goes to the next one. Can I just go right into it and com combine sure, these? Sure. Yeah. I used to be afraid um, and I used to be really ashamed of my emotions. Mm. Um but like when I looked at them as just like natural components of my human psyche, I was like, okay, first I know, I know where they're coming from, my thoughts. And number two, they're not even, they're morally neutral. So what I can do in this moment when I'm actually experiencing this, this emotion is just experience it, like be in it. And then maybe when I'm not so emotional, I can like find out the root of it. I can actually write things down. I can journal. Mm -hmm. And do that. And I highly recommend everybody do that. Like there is such a piece to realize if you are an emotional person like I am, um, there's just such a piece to realize that you, yeah, that like that there is a source of your emotion and sometimes it's an appropriate emotion mm -hmm. and that's okay too. Sometimes it's antecedent, which means it has not engaged reason and you want to react to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can always bring in your reason and your will in that moment. Mm -hmm. Hey, it might be a little bit of an abrupt pause right now, but we're seeing how long this is starting to take. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stop after our 10th point here. We're going to pick up next week on the podcast. So stay tuned for numbers 11 through 20. You're going to want to stick around. We're going to give you some practical skills too on this one. So yeah. that's why you want to go to the To Be Continued <laughs> podcast for next week. Some more human formation skills that we picked up and some knowledge along the way that we are so excited to share with you. Yeah. 
And by the way here, folks, we've got Coach Week coming up, Catholic Coach Week. And so yes. I want to just take an opportunity to, to just plug this. This is an amazing opportunity to just try on Catholic coaching. And uh, it's going to be a week long. We've got Monday through Friday, November 7th through 11th. Uh, each day there's going to be some workshops followed by some group coaching. Just a great entry-level opportunity for people that are curious about Catholic coaching, uh, maybe feeling a little bit of a tug to explore it a little bit more, or, or people that are already coaches, right, that just want to learn a little bit more about how to bring their coaching into the full integrity of the faith. Yes, yes, you should definitely come. It's going to be so fun. We have a couple of people signed up, so... Um, we're just excited to meet you there. Yeah, a growing yeah. list. We haven't even started marketing it, and I'm starting to see that there's like just a, like people are just sharing this. And yes. so I'm excited about this. Uh, it's going to be a big hit. You can register right in the show notes down here. So just click below Catholic Coach Week. Reserve your seat, 19 bucks. Show yeah. up, you get the replays even if you can't make it live. Try on Catholic Coaching. Try on Catholic Coaching. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, if you liked what you learned here today, consider joining our academy where you can take all these tools and learn how to apply them to your life. Supremely practical stuff and you get coached along the way in the process. You are not by yourself. We hope to see you in there.